0: Happy Saturday. Congrats. It's officially day one of Ship 30. We finished onboarding week. We're here now. We write and publish every day for 30 days. Pretty simple. You've set everything up you needed. You've set up your writing habit. You've got everything, all the little things taken care of that might have been holding you back from writing in the past are all gone. And now the fun part begins, right? You get to wake up every day and throw an idea out into the world. So, congrats to everyone who's hit publish. If you haven't yet, don't worry um it'll get out there by the end of the uh, end of the day so get it out respond to my Twitter thread which we'll talk about but we're gonna start today's session with some shout outs We're gonna do these at the beginning of every session. Um, we kind of keep our eyes on the circle and on Twitter people who are going above above and beyond adding value to the community and all that so this is the first thing we're looking at which in Circle, we, there's an analytics dashboard, which is really cool. It shows who's most active, posting the most, commenting the most. Your goal is to make it on this. We're going to give everyone who is on the active and the top members a badge at the beginning of every week. Um, so your goal is to make it on here. So the more you can engage and, and just spread yourself across the community, you'll, you'll find yourself on this list. So that's the first one. First shout out. This is so
1: cool. We didn't, we did. This is our first cohort having this too. This is a big, this is a new feature upgrade for everybody who's here.
0: Yep. So appreciate everyone who's, you know, doing a ton of things, a couple, a couple quick wins. We're already seeing people start to write quickly. So, boom, first draft in 30 minutes. One thing you'll learn is you get faster. It's a byproduct of Ship 30 is you're going to become a faster writer across everything. So, congrats, Warren. I love to see this kind of thing and so cool. Keep it up. As always, you can share your wins in the wins channel on Circle, and we'll kind of peruse those before every live session and give some shout outs. Um, This was awesome, Laura. I don't know if you're here. It might be, I think you're in Australia, but um, if you haven't seen Laura's visual notes, she is gonna be doing those for each session. She has a Notion template or a Notion Center that we'll link around. Um, Hey, Laura, thanks for doing this. This is great. Incredible. I think she's gonna keep doing it. So. We'll send that around and it'll be as part of the uh, the replay. So those are really cool if you haven't checked those out. We already have people hitting streaks. So Lumen writes seven day writing streak, just like that. Goal is to get to 30. Congrats on that. Um, Nick created this really cool app that shares essays on Twitter, it's called Shipper Share. You can follow that and it'll automatically kind of share some essays throughout. And you can follow the Twitter list as well. So thanks to Nick for doing that. Great stuff. And then, boom, just little wins like this, right? We're already seeing people hit tons and thousands of impressions. So when you have something successful, even if it's successful on your own scale, throw it in there. Throw it in wins. We're going to highlight those at the beginning. Nothing makes us feel better than seeing all those wins. So cool. Okay. Quick logistics. Ship 30 is underway. Um, if you haven't gone to my Twitter, we're going to send it in an email today. You can respond with your day one essay so we can have everything in one place. Uh, we're not going to do that every day, just day one. But we love when that happens. It's just a cool way to see everyone kind of come together on the first day. Uh, Cole, you want to talk about a couple of these other things?
1: Yeah, I mean, just A, remember that you are your own worst enemy here. Okay, don't, don't get in your own way. Uh, the best thing that you can do is just plow forward. Every single person is going to go through that feeling of, Uh, I don't know. I mean, we saw it in the chat when we first started, you know, uh, ah, as soon as I hit publish, I wanted to delete it. Right. I mean that I still feel that way. Dickie, I'm sure you write things where you still feel that way. And that, that impulse is what you're going to train yourself to fight against. So that's a big one. Remember, you know, try and write and publish every single day. If you don't, you fall, fall overboard. Uh, we've got plenty of things in place to help you get back on track, but, um, don't beat yourself up for it. You know, I mean, it's all about coming back to it. Again and again, I, this is something I've been writing for a very long time. This is something I still have to deal with. You know, you miss a day, you miss two days. That doesn't mean you never write again, right? That just means you got to get back on board and keep going. So, And then two, um, we like prefacing this in the beginning is please feel free to share any of the things that you learn. Um, I actually got a DM um, last night from someone who was asking, hey, you know, I, I, I love all the information that you're providing us. Is it okay that I write about it? And the answer is, of course, yes. We really encourage you uh, during these live sessions, during the async curriculum, take screenshots, write down notes, share your learnings. Um, it's, a, it's a great forcing function for you. It's just going to help crystallize all the information for you. Um, so we really encourage everyone to do that. Don't feel like you're doing something that we don't approve of. Um, and then lastly, we've got uh, the whole week one curriculum um, that's there for you. Uh, it's a ton of resources, you know, uh, some feedback that we get over and over again is if it's your first time going through SHIP 30, there's so much here. You know, don't necessarily feel like you have to do every single thing your first time through. Um, it's all there for you. Take advantage of it if you want. Um, otherwise, you'll notice there's quite a few people that are back for their second, third, fourth cohort that are now starting to get into a bunch of the other resources that we offer. So don't don't worry about it.
0: Yeah, that's it. Um, big thing on the sharing your learnings in public. We encourage you. Just put it out there, write threads, take screenshots, throw them on all over Twitter, we'll, we'll give them some love too. Nothing we have is proprietary or behind any kind of veiled garden or anything like that. So feel free. Okay, a couple logistical things. A new part of this cohort is we're going to record some Q and A's. And the way we're gonna do this is throughout the week, um, you can submit questions to the digital writing Q and A's in Circle there'll be a a post for each week. If you have specific questions, go ahead and throw them in there. And what we're going to do is block an hour. Cole and I are going to record full length Q&A sessions and also slice and dice our answers to each individual question. So we think there's going to be a ton of questions, especially during the first week, and we want to answer them and doing it asynchronously where you submit the questions and then we kind of go through them and find the most relevant ones will be very helpful. So submit your questions there and be sure once you do, go and upvote by liking some of the other questions that you'd like answered. We're not going to be able to get to every single one, but the ones that get the most likes and most attention, um, we will be sure to answer. So you can kind of vote on that and we will distribute that on Mondays uh, every week. So. You'll get answers to your questions, and this is we're excited about this new feature.
1: Yeah, and uh, Dicky, I think you said this in the last session, but just emphasizing, um, try and keep questions related to what we're talking about that week. Um, if you ask questions like, you know, if we're if we're talking about here week one generating ideas and headlines, and your question is, you know, like how do I make money on Medium, we're probably not going to answer that question that first week. So just try and keep your questions relevant, so that way we can get through as many of them as possible. Yep. This is a
0: subtle one. Go ahead and open your Twitter DMs if you haven't yet. They're just a good way to communicate with others. By default, Twitter only allows you to message someone if your mutual follows. But when you open them, people who maybe you pair with them in the rapid fire intro or you want a breakout room, you can message them on there or in circle. But a lot of people um, keep them closed. Don't worry about I mean, I keep mine open and I have a lot of spam that gets in there, but like the the value that comes from people, what you do when you open them is if you write something that resonates with a random follower, they can reach out and tell you, and you might not have gotten that message if you don't have them open. So highly encourage you to open them up.
1: Yep. And just the screenshot shows you, but just go, if you hit more down here, all you have to do is hit more, go into privacy and safety, and then direct messages, you can just open them. So Pretty easy. You can also Google it as well; it'll give you a little walkthrough. And this is another question that we get asked: is like, how do you change the display name in Zoom? Um, You can do it when you're inside Zoom, but then it doesn't save; it only does it for that meeting. So you want to log into Zoom, go to your profile, and you'll you can change your display name. And so we encourage you to put your Twitter handle there, so that way, as you're interacting with people in Zoom, you know, uh, you find yourself in a conversation, or you get into breakout rooms. That way, you can go follow each other. Yep. This
0: one, we're really excited about. So anyone who wants to visualize some of our frameworks during Ship 30, we are looking to officially kind of visualize some of our best frameworks we're working on, who we're going to end up working with. But if you share any kind of visual on Twitter, tag us, respond to the replay in Circle. And when you throw it in there, everyone who creates some kind of visual is gonna get a bonus AMA session with Dick and Cole. So it's gonna be small, anyone that submits one, we're gonna just, you're gonna get access to it. So if you're a visual learner, or same thing here for kind of sharing your learnings in public, if you wanna write a thread or an atomic essay about what you're learning, we can throw that in there too, but just a video, any kind of, let's not even call it visuals. If you remix our ideas and content in some kind of public way, respond to that circle and we will keep track of everyone who does it. We want to just encourage you to remix and repurpose and throw ideas out there. So Kristen, Eli, uh, Laura, everyone has thrown amazing things out there and we love, we're going to start to collect these and and add them. So would love to uh, anyone that wants to.
1: This is a great little uh, insider secret here. It's a great growth hack, you know, because I, every time I see a visual, I think it's the coolest thing ever. I love sharing it. Other people find a lot of value in it. They save it, you know? So if if you have that talent or if you want to teach yourself a couple hours in Canva, um, you can can grow a lot just using this as a tactic. Mm -hmm.
0: So yeah, just respond to uh, the circle replay and we will make sure you get credited. Okay, enough logistics. This session is all about developing the mindset of a digital writer and when we say that we don't mean the hand wavy you know you need to try your hardest and you Be need authentic to... right exactly we're going to give you some tactical things tactical frameworks and ways of thinking that are not any kind of common advice that you've heard yeah. so Cole, how are we going to kick this
1: off for one, you know we, we have this uh, ebook, The 22 Laws of Digital Writing. Everyone here should have access to it. If you don't, let us know. Um, this really encapsulates the entire point of view that we're going to share with you here today. The big one being digital writers don't write for readers, right? It, it feels like a very distant approach. You know, If you think back, it, it feels very like I'm the celebrity and you're the fan down here there's a there's a big disconnect between the two digital writing especially today is all about it's it's the relationship that happens with your readers that's what we really want to present and, and explain to you here is that as you're creating things the whole idea is not to go do it off on your own right the old world of writing which we're going to talk a bit about is this analog writing approach it's all around i'm going to go into a cabin I'm going to wear my chapeau. I'm going to light up a little cigarette and I'm going to stare out the window and wait for inspiration to strike. Right. And if you go listen to any you know old school writer, that's, that's the mentality. But the problem with that is we have all this amazing technology now and technology allows you as a writer to create in a different way. So the, the shift that we're hoping to help facilitate for you is getting out of this mindset of analog writing, right? The old school version of writing, super slow feedback loops, right? You write a book, you write a short story, you wait seven months for the publisher to approve it. Then it goes to print, then it comes out two years later, then you finally hear what readers think about it, right? That's insanely slow, it's sluggish. Digital writing, you can validate an idea with a tweet in three seconds, right? Analog writing, it's all about practicing in private. I want to go hide away in my cabin. I want to hide away in my house. I want to hide away in my apartment, and I'm going to work on it until it's perfect. By myself, I'm not going to share it with anybody, right? It's it's a very perfectionist approach. And so then when you look around, you look at how so many people are afraid to share their writing. It's because all of it's rooted in this old perspective, right? It's like, no, 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 don't share it until it's perfect. And In the world of digital writing, that's not even a problem. Every person here, you're going to experience this over the next 30 days is that the more you write, the more you publish, the more you learn, right? The more that you build that relationship with readers, the more that the answer reveals itself, right? So all of a sudden, you don't have a problem called writer's block. All of a sudden, you don't have a problem called I've run out of ideas, right? Because it's happening with your readers. And this is a this is a really, really hard thing for a lot of people to wrap their head around because we're so trained to think in this old world of writing. And then finally, you know, just for anyone here who's like, okay, at the end of this, I want to know how writers make money and how you monetize content. The old world of writing is like I wrote one thing and then I sold it. Right. I wrote a book and now I sell my book. Digital writing, you can write one thing and use it 100 times. Right. An atomic essay can be a Twitter thread, can be a paid newsletter, can be an ebook, can be a paid digital product, can be a course, can be a business. Right. So that's a lot of the things that we're going to be sharing here is just rerouting your thinking and going, oh, all these problems that exist over here don't exist in the digital world as long as I approach it from the perspective of being a digital writer
0: the the digital writing framework once you see it you throw everything out there that was holding you back out the window right it's how do i we're, we're going to dive into kind of our three main frameworks from it but this if you take away one thing it's i'm i came into ship 30 with all these ideas that i had to write one book it's going to take me five years it's going to be perfect to every single thing i put out there i'm gonna do quickly i'm gonna get feedback on it i'm gonna type my feedback loops and all the results that are good that could possibly come from writing come from acting this way uh, in the digital age. So why don't we dive into uh, the three main
1: frameworks? So there's three three big ones. We're gonna go over lean writing, data-driven writing, and then playing with these puzzle pieces. We're gonna show you what that looks like. So the first one is we love this idea of lean writing, which is an atomic essay, right? Or a tweet or some very small form of written content. Once you start seeing what's working, the whole game is just doubling down on it. So an atomic essay can become a little bit longer, a Twitter thread, become a little bit longer, long form article, becomes an email course, becomes a digital product, becomes a community, becomes a business. So the idea of lean writing is most people think I want to write X and X is the big project, right? I want to write a book or i want to write a whole curriculum for an online course but before you go do that you have a lot of assumptions that you need to validate right you got to figure out is am i creating the right thing and what are all the questions that my readers have why is this important to them so instead of going and investing 4 years in writing a book go invest 30 minutes in writing an atomic essay and then make use of the digital writing world and gather feedback, right? Is is this a topic people care about? Or am I going to go spend four years working in the wrong direction? You know, I mean, I feel like we're already, Dickie, even your story here reminds me of this. I feel like we're already getting to a point where a blog is considered the same thing as like old school writing, you know? I mean, you don't have that flywheel.
0: Lean writing is all about, treating your writing like a product. And instead of thinking, you know, it has to be perfectly published. If you've seen any successful startup over the last 20, 30 years, they all started with a very small idea. And it flips this entire thing on its head where you will never, and you should never, there is no excuse anymore in the digital age to write something long form that takes a lot of investment of time that the market is not begging for. And the way you do that is you validate your ideas from the bottom up saying, ooh, I have an idea that maybe I could spend 30 hours writing about, but I'm going to sit down and write a five-minute tweet and get feedback on that idea. I'm going to have a conversation with someone and get get feedback on that idea. I'm going to, okay, maybe I'll invest a little bit more time and that's going to be my writing for the day. So this, this framework is taking all of the startup principles of if you've heard of the lean startup, this is where it's coming from. It's instead of thinking that your product has to be perfect before you get it out there, it's I'm going to get ideas out into the world and then listen to what the
1: market tells me about them. Yeah. So here's a very easy way of thinking about how to do that. So the first is before you go invest time, into anything, right? I'm even seeing in the chat, a lot of people saying, oh, this is the same for software development. You know, oh, this, is the same, this is the same for other industries. That's hundred percent correct. You wanna go test ideas before you overinvest in the building of them, right? So how do you test ideas? Well, that's exactly what Ship30 is engineered to do. If you're writing atomic essays every day, what you're really doing is you are testing different ideas. And you're gathering data and you're learning, okay, out of 10 things, out of 20 things, why did this one that I wrote all of a sudden get 10 times more engagement or 10 times more viewership, right? And when you notice these breakout data points, then you go, okay, well, I know that there's interest there, right? I'm not assuming it anymore. I know it, it's objectively telling me that. So now I'm gonna double down on that, right? Okay, I see that this is working, I'm gonna do it more. And once you see that something's working and you start doubling down on it, well, now your average starts going up, right? Because now I'm just doing the thing that's successful over and over and over again. I was earlier this year, I wrote um, a Twitter thread that was like freelance writing 101, right? Blew up. And I was like, oh, okay, something about this format's working. Let me double down on it. So then I did ghostwriting 101. That blew up. And I did some other form of writing 101. That blew up, right? So once you see something that works, you just want to keep doing it over and over again. And then when, when you do that, all of a sudden, then this, the third step is all you're doing is just expanding what's working, right? So, oh, a Twitter thread worked. Well, why can't I expand this, go into more detail into a long form article on my site? Oh, that worked. Why can't I expand that into an email course? Oh, that worked. Why can't I expand that into a paid product? right so you're removing all the guesswork and you're just one step at a time one step at a time and all of a sudden the answer reveals itself
0: yeah so let let's go on i think we have a question here have you think about all the writers you currently read or think about do, do any come to mind that are using this lean writing approach so throw in the chat if anyone specifically an author a someone on twitter that is using this approach So, James Clear, Seth Godin, Andrew Chen. Andrew Chen talked about it on a recent podcast with Tim Ferriss, Ryan Holiday, um, Four Hour Guy, Adam Grant, Sahil, Sahil Bloom, right? Lenny Rachitsky. All of these, I love this because every single person you're naming is exactly doing this, whether they know they're doing it or not, right? You're not seeing any old authors that published one book and then went off forever, right? This is These are the people who are capturing your attention because they're validating ideas.
1: Yeah, and so you can see. recognize it.
0: Yeah, James Altucher, me, yeah, Alex Lieberman, Trash Doshi, Tiago Forte, all of these, yes. Every single one of these is doing that exact thing. So here are a couple examples of this lean writing framework in action. Um, you can talk about Malcolm Gladwell, I'll, I'll talk about Mark Manson.
1: So mo- most people don't know if you if you've heard this book, uh, the Tipping Point. Most people don't know that it actually started as a column. You know, he was a writer for The Atlantic, and this article of his blew up. Right, it was a lot of people gravitated to it. They found it fascinating, and a publisher reached out and said, "Hey, uh, we love your article called The Tipping Point. We should expand that into a book." Right, and so what part of what we want to demystify for you is that when you see these end products right when you see the tipping point when you see atomic habits when you see some course that looks like oh it's it's it was this way since day one right that's really not what's happening what's happening is these creators started with much smaller forms of of writing of creation uh, malcolm gladwell had been writing for the atlantic for years right it wasn't until However many articles in, he writes the tipping point and that breakout data point, all of a sudden then publishers go, that's what we want to expand because the data is telling us that that's what people are gravitating to, right? So when you look at the end product, don't feel like, oh, these writers and creators were so brilliant. They just woke up one day and wrote this best-selling thing that took over the world, right? No, it happened much slower than that. It was was a step-by-step process. And same thing with Mark Manson. So I think 2019,
0: The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck was the best-selling book in America. Like, I bet half the people in here, he'd either read it or seen it or heard about it, probably more. It started as a blog post. And that blog post blew up. And if you actually look on his Twitter account, that blog post started with a few tweets talking about these ideas that he hits on in the book. So The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck, sold millions of copies, right? One of the most successful books. He did not sit down and say, I think everyone wants to read about this. It was, oh my gosh, if you don't write this book, I don't know what I'm going to do. Because that is the feedback that he heard from the market. The blog post was one of the most viral blog posts of probably a year or two before that. You get that much attention on something, you know it's resonating. All of that probably came from a tweet that might've started even smaller that said, hey, I threw this idea out there. People were interested in it and I'm gonna write a blog on it. So what we're trying to drive home is that the same thing, the Ryan holidays, the James clears, right? Ryan holiday is a great example. Um, He just started talking a little bit about stoicism and now has built his entire brand around it. It's not, these things are results of small bets Analyzed and doubled down on the compound over time versus throwing something out at the very end, thinking that that's what people are looking for.
1: Yeah, fun fun fact on the Ryan Holiday thing. I mean, he was a marketing writer, you know, and he his his books up to that point were about marketing. And then he wrote a guest blog post uh, on Tim Ferriss's site called Stoicism One Hundred and One, and it was his own interest. Him being like, I'm getting really into stoicism, so here's a beginner's guide. You know, it was the first time he'd written about it. Post went viral, breakout data point, and he goes, Oh, this is really interesting. Book publisher goes, Hey, that clearly caught fire. How about you write a book on stoicism called The Obstacle is the way? That book blows out everything else he's written up to that point. Now he doesn't write about marketing at all. He completely shifted his whole path as a writer. So when you're looking at these creators, it's very easy to just look at the end result and go, oh, they just woke up with this amazing idea and they were always this way. But if you really trace the journey, that's not what happened. So I saw it in the chat too. Mark Manson used to be a, a dating writer. His first book was like, yeah, how to get dates, right? Like these, <laughs> these creators don't start off geniuses, right? It's, it's a step-by-step process. So when you use the lean writing framework, you're gonna, you're gonna give yourself the permission to not feel like you have to have it perfect, right? You can't steer a stationary ship. Your writing is your startup. You are the CEO of your startup. And every day your job is to wake up and steer it in a new direction based on the data that you're gathering. It is such a powerful framework. It removes all of that fear of, oh, I have to have it perfect from day one. That's
0: all we're trying to drive home here is that every single person, if this is your first time writing anything, you don't have to start at the end. You can start just like they did and build up over time by testing these ideas. And so from a mindset perspective, you should you should be grateful that you're at the beginning of a journey, right? You have no, none of that baggage. You get to test a bunch of different areas and you're basically the CEO of a new product. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to steer it, right? It's an MVP stage right now, minimum viable product. It's out there, it's into the world. You put your first essay out there. Now it's time to kind of iterate and steer the ship.
1: But wait, right? This is the big question. Okay. Well, that all sounds good, Dickie and Cole, but how do I know what's working, right? This is always, we we told you we were gonna take you by the hand. We were gonna take it one question at a time. This is always the next question people ask. How do I know that it's working, right? Okay. This is where data-driven writing comes into play. This is all about making noise, listening for signal. Dickie, you always crush this more than I do. So take it away. The make noise,
0: listen for signal framework comes very personal to me because for the first nine months of writing on the internet, I felt extremely stuck. I was writing a weekly blog post kind of following the classic playbook of, you know, own your own domain, publish on a weekly cadence, you know, Every time I'd hit publish, I'd wait for a roaring applause from the internet. And I was met with crickets of indifference. And what I found were the origin of Ship 30 came from having all these ideas in my head that I didn't have a good medium to explore them in. I, I, I had all these assumptions. Maybe I'd want to write about this. Maybe I'd want to write about that. Maybe people would be interested in writing about reading about this. And so I said, I'm going to throw this whole playbook out the window of writing a weekly blog post, and I'm going to write every single day. I need to get these ideas out there. I need to validate them. I need to generate data points. And so we call this making noise and listening for signal. And this, if you take anything away, is the crux of Ship 30. You're going to generate 30 pieces of quote unquote noise. And then it's your job to analyze those for the signal. So what can we actually dig into on the signal side? Now, one question we'll get is, how do I balance this trade-off of writing for myself versus writing for readers? And this is a big thing, right? It's you basically you come into Ship 30 with some assumptions. And I, I think everyone on this call has some assumptions right now. They're saying, I think I know what I want to write about, right? I'm probably going to write about productivity or Web3 or whatever. And I think people want to read about this crypto, Web3, whatever it is, you have these two assumptions. And the goal of SHIP30 is to validate those assumptions with data points. Now, there's two kind of signal or two, there's two things you're listening for. It's both internal and external signal. So the external is what resonates with readers, and the internal is what resonates with you. And so take a look at this kind of Venn diagram, because you want to live there right in the middle. It's, I'm writing about things that I'm extremely excited to write about and people are interested in reading and what you're doing with ship 30 is finding out where that is, right? You you're assuming, you know, where it is when you're starting. And the point is at the end of this 30 days, you're going to take what took me a year and a half, condense it down into 30 days and walk away with a kind of empowered path forward of what to double down on.
1: Yep. Yeah. The big thing that I think is worth reinforcing here is all we're trying to do is make this decision more conscious for you because it's very easy to like once you learn how to write things that people want to read, like I know I can sit down and and write a, a Twitter thread that's going to go viral. Right. But if it's about a topic that I don't care about, then what's the point, right? Like why, then that's not really doing anything for me. Similarly, on the other side of the fence is you might feel like, you know, I'm really passionate about writing about this certain topic, but the market just isn't there for you, right? Like the market's just telling you, hey, this is not your best content. Well, now you got to, you got to, it's a give and take relationship, right? Because so many writers think this is what I'm destined to write about. And then they go out and they write and they write and they write and the market goes, look, like that's not it. You know, and so you have to then start to make this decision for yourself and go, okay, maybe there's a different version of what I'm writing about. I'll give you an example. When I when I first started writing on Quora, I was very into fitness at the time. This was seven years ago. And I was writing about fitness topics. And I was like, I want to be one of those people that gives like fitness and health and nutrition advice. And every time I would write those things, the data would say, Ah, eh, you know, it's okay. It's okay, there's better people out there for that information. And then over time, I started experimenting with other topics and one of them was more mindset related. People were like, I don't need you to tell me what what you eat and how you train every day. I wanna know how you think about it, right? And so all of a sudden, then the data is trying to tell you something different and you have to sit there and you have to decide, okay, I enjoy writing about this thing and the data is validating for me that that's working. So I'm gonna keep doubling down on that. Right. That is a very different relationship than just waking up in the morning and going, this is what I want to write about in a vacuum.
0: So, David, I love that this question popped up because I'm going to read it verbatim. What if the audience likes something that I don't really like? So, I wrote something. Am I stuck writing about something I like, but not really passionate about? So, where you found yourself there is in this resonates with readers part of the Venn diagram that doesn't resonate with you. Now, you don't have to go down that path. It's an option, but you want to keep steering towards, I'm going to generate more data points that resonate with me and find the one that resonates with readers. I can promise you, if you start in this left-hand side of resonates with you and you write about all of the ideas that you could possibly think about, something's going to resonate with readers. And that's a better way to go about it, right? Or you can work the other way. It's what are all the things that people are really interested in right now? So maybe it's crypto, maybe it's web three, maybe it's, I, I, I don't know what the most popular topics are. I'm going to try to write about all those things and feel which one resonates with me the most. So that takes us perfectly into the next slide. But I just want to you know drive that point home that these are all options. Okay, so this should say three, it says four, all good. There's really three or four things that you can listen to on the internal side. So we talk about making noise, listening for signal. You're going to listen for internal signals first. So every time you hit publish, these are the three things that could possibly, you know, resonate with you. One, how easy was it? There's going to be some days where the words just flow from your keyboard. It's, you, you ever seen the SpongeBob episode where he, writes, sits down with this pen and writes an entire page, a magical thing. And it's like, oh, wow, I can do this for hours. That those are signals that I should double down on that topic, right? It was easy. I wrote it in 30 minutes. It was fast. I got it out there and it felt great. Enjoyment. How fun was it to write about? Like I've, I had this long list of ideas. This one jumped above every single one of them. That's a signal you should listen for. That's something you should double down on. And then on the reverse side, there's friction. It's, I, this took me three hours, right? I thought I wanted to write about productivity, but every time I sit down now, I'm like, eh, I feel like I'm I'm climbing a hill. And so these are the things you want to listen for because over the next 30 days, you're going to write a lot of stuff. And some of them are going to be easy and enjoyable. And some of it's going to feel like, "Uh, I can't, it feels like you're lifting a boulder, right? So pay attention to yourself as you're writing these things and explore all the different topics you can so you get a lot of that
1: signal. Yeah. The internal side is just as important as the external, you know? I mean, if you've ever met the, like a cliche growth marketer or someone, right. And they're just hundred, they're a hundred percent focused on the external. How do I trigger the sale? How do I go viral? Right. You, that, that is not a very fulfilling way ultimately to start building your library as a writer. The internal signal is very important. However, so is the external, right it's the external is kind of the objective market feedback as to are you giving people something valuable the the thing that takes writers a long time to internalize is just because you wrote it doesn't mean it's valuable okay that's like some brutal like tough love truth right there okay just because you sat down and took the time to write it doesn't mean that anyone owes you their attention doesn't mean, like if your mentality is I wrote it and it's not catching fire, and so it must be everyone else's problem, that's an issue, right? Because when you write things that are valuable to other people, they will let you know, the data will let you know. So you have to confront that challenge for yourself as a writer going, hey, maybe this thing that I think is really valuable isn't as valuable as I think it is to other people right? So what are some of the things that you can look at? Well, you can look at views. You can look at likes. You can look at comments. You can look at shares. These are the very easy, high level. You don't have to be a data scientist here, right? It's just, I write 10 things. One of them got 3x more views than everything else. Pause. Why did that happen? Right? That's that's all we're talking about how to do. And every time that you notice something work, every time you notice a breakout data point, it's worth questioning why that happened okay and what you're going to notice is you're going to see oh that that uh the way i wrote that title really caught fire let me let me see if i can write about something that maybe is a little bit more fulfilling to me but i'm going to keep the structure of the title right or oh that format is really working readers found that really easy to read why don't i use that format and try a different topic with it right it is a very it is a iterative approach To writing. A couple other things that you can look at are the headline, right? The format and the topic. Like, why did this headline work? Is there more conflict in this headline? Okay, how cool. How can I re-engineer that in the next thing I write about, in the next thing that I write about? Right. So all of these things that we're pointing out, I see some questions on, you know, oh, should I use hashtags or no? What time of day should I post? Right. All of these things come secondary. They they are really irrelevant. We're talking about the writing is what you're saying valuable, right? And in order to learn that you got to write lots of different things and look at the data and say, okay, I thought people wanted this. Turns out they actually want that. Let me steer my ship and find an equilibrium between the two.
0: If I could give one piece of advice to myself, when I started writing, it would be figure out how to crush your ego because every single assumption that you come into Ship 30 with of what people want to read or that readers should pay attention to what I have to say comes from a place of ego. And once you smash that and say, instead, I'm going to listen to feedback objectively. And if I put something out there that I think should be super successful and the the response is kind of lackluster, I'm not going to say the market's wrong. I'm going to ask why, what could I have done differently? How could I change the way I presented this idea, right? I'm going to take feedback objectively and that's the only way you're going to improve. So if if you can do anything, it's commit to putting out things all 30 days that you're not going to let your ego get in the way. If you have one thing that you're really excited about writing and it doesn't go anywhere, you're not going to say, oh, the market, everyone's wrong, everyone's wrong, everyone's wrong. You're going to say, okay, this is interesting. How can I question this? How can I change it, right? This felt really good to write about. So I want to keep doing it. How can I make it valuable to the reader? Um, So these are all the signals you can kind of look for on that front. But I just want to drive the point home. You're putting out data points. You're gathering what resonates with you and what resonates with others. And then doubling down on
1: what's in the middle. There's an interesting question I see in here. like How to differentiate between headline success and content success. And here's the thing you can write about the same, and we encourage this, you should write about the same thing over and over and over again, so that you can change one variable at a time to learn what's working. When I was writing on Quora, I found that there was a sentence that I used that every time I used it, readers were like, this is fascinating. And the sentence was, when I was 17 years old, I was one of the highest-ranked World of Warcraft players in North America. And once I learned that sentence was hooking people's attention, I started probably 100, 200, 300 different Quora answers with that same sentence, because the data told me, oh, that's it. That is really grabbing my attention. I would be like, hey, here's what that taught me about work ethic. Here's what that taught me about digital relationships. Here's what that taught me about right X Y Z. So. Part of what we're explaining here is treat your writing like it's a science, right? And, and take out one variable at a time and go, okay, something about that worked. I'm going to change one variable and try and do it again. And then the data is gonna tell me, did it work, didn't it work, right? So this, it's a very iterative approach. It's not a, I sat in my room, I made it perfect for two years, now I publish it, and I hope the whole world thinks that it's amazing, right? This is piece by piece, little by little, you're just improving That's and, and it unlocks so much more freedom for you. So this is what we're focusing on weeks one and two. Weeks one and two, do not feel like you have to be married to any any topic. Don't feel like I've been this type of writer my whole life and I have to keep writing about this topic and I'm afraid I don't want to go outside my comfort zone, right? Like weeks one and two, allow yourself to write about whatever you want to write about just because you never know what's going to work. So give yourself the freedom, write about a bunch of different topics. And then in weeks three and four, we're going to show you how to look at the data that you've captured so far and start doubling down on the things that are clearly working, right? Even if they're really little, I mean, Dickie, this is something you really emphasized for me early on is like just going from two likes to four likes isn't, oh, I just, I have four likes, nobody cares, right? You just doubled your engagement.
0: Yeah, uh, one very, very common question, and it's a fair question that comes from, from when we talk about this kind of data and an analysis. It's, what if I have a small audience? And all I ha- have to say, if, as long as you have two people reading what you're doing, you have a large enough audience. And the way to think about this is stop thinking in terms of linear and start thinking in terms of percentages. So just a quick crash course on this is, if I have a hundred followers, and I get 50 likes on something, that's 50%, right? That's a very large number. That would be like someone with a million followers getting 500,000 likes. So instead of saying, oh, this only got 50, I don't have a big enough audience. Think about, okay, this got 50, something earlier got 25, that's a 100% increase. So you wanna normalize things to the size of your following. If you normally get two comments and you got four, that's a data point. That's some signal, right? Don't think that you have a, just because you have a small audience. I started on Twitter in July of 2020 from zero followers, right? All I started doing was putting a little thing out there every day. And from that, I, you get enough. You, you don't need a large following to start this thing. And so I want to just drive that point home for anyone that thinks, oh, I don't have enough feedback. Well, one, you're in the Ship 30 community. There's going to be a ton of people reading what you're doing. You can gather feedback that way, but don't think that you need a large audience to start. You don't.
1: Yeah. It's empowering. It should feel empowering. I mean, Dickie, you're the perfect example. Yeah. A year ago, you had less than a thousand followers. And now every list is like, you got to follow Dickie, right? It's like, it's not every, everyone kind of walks in with this bias of, well, I don't have an audience to start with. Neither did I. What do you think happened when I made my first Quora profile? They were like, Hey, welcome to the, welcome to the platform. Congratulations on having zero followers, right? Like we all start somewhere. We all start from ground zero. So we're not sharing things that are like, all oh, these things only work if you're starting from 50,000 followers. No, this is how I did it. Zero followers. This is how Dickie did it. Zero followers, right? Like this is ground level, timeless strategy. And, So, okay, drop in the chat, what's one signal you wanna
0: pay attention to? Because this is, maybe it's I'm going in and seeing how it feels to write about productivity or how it feels to write about web three, or I'm gonna see what the market thinks about this topic. So ease, that's a great one. That's a great one to latch onto in that first week is what do you wake up excited to write about? That is the most powerful thing. I know personally, I keep a list of ideas But when one strikes and every single one of them goes out the window and I jump on that one, that's a big data point. I I would say internal signals are a great focus for the first week, right? Don't get caught up in, oh, this one didn't get that much attention, or I thought this one should do better. Follow your own intuition during the first week. What, What excites you? Put those out there. James Clear has this great framework. Give yourself permission to create junk. That's part of the week one curriculum. Do not feel like what you have to publish during the first week has to be perfect. It will not be. Challenge yourself to put something out there that you're not 100% comfortable with. There's so many quotes on this. One of my favorites is, no book is ever finished. The author merely abandons it. Hmm. Right. No book's ever finished. The author merely abandons it. So once you realize that every single book of every single author that you look up to they hit publish knowing they could make it better, but just giving up on that eternal game. That's okay. So feel good about putting stuff out there that you're not 100% is going to be perfect because it's okay. So get over that perfectionism. That's just a, a big thing. So I, I love seeing this uh, ease, impressions, likes, etc. We'll let a couple more come in here. Duplicating myself permission to create junk, leverage, crush the ego. That's a really big one, no shame. Yep, flow, ease and curiosity, consistency, flow state, internal signals, great. Okay, so we're clearly seeing a bunch on here. Just get started, that's right.
1: But wait, right? This is the next question, but wait, how do we write in a way that allows us to test all these things, right? What, What is the way of treating your writing like a science experiment? Well, all writing, digital especially, uses the same handful of puzzle pieces, okay? And once you see these puzzle pieces, you realize how much writing is like, I don't know if you you played with Legos as a kid. It's like playing with Legos. You're just stacking these little pieces on top of each other. And writing is just different combinations of these pieces, So once you learn them, you realize, oh, it's not really a blank page that I'm dealing with. I'm just, I got these pieces and I got to go assemble them in a certain way. Okay. So the big thing that we want to share here is, again, very old world approach to writing. I I studied uh, fiction writing and literature in college. Okay. This was the way that I was taught originally to write. And it was the biggest waste of time ever. Okay. Old world writing is writing linearly. Okay, so you have a blank page. You write your first word and then your second word and then your third word, right? And you're writing linearly. I start here and I end here. And it took me a really long time to learn how insanely inefficient that is. And the reason it's so inefficient is because you are assuming, again, it's like crush the ego. You are assuming that you know which direction you're headed and you don't right? The reality is you don't. You write that first word and then you're like, what's the second word, right? And then you write the second word and then you're like, what's the third word? And it feels like you've got a half broken flashlight and you're trying to make your way through a forest. It's pitch black outside. You have no idea where you're going, right? Instead, digital writing, digital writers who are using, who take this puzzle piece approach, what they're doing is they're writing organizationally. They're going, okay, here's the big idea I want to put here. Here's the big idea I want to put in the middle. And then here's the big idea I want to leave the reader with. And when you start there, you end up creating containers for your thoughts, right? Okay, I got a little shipping container up here. Yeah, I had to throw a ship metaphor in there. Got a little shipping container up here. You got a shipping container over here, shipping container right here. And then the writing process doesn't feel like it's this linear slog through the dark. What it feels like is... It's like you ever open a coloring book and you just got to color inside the lines. That's what it feels like. You already have the lines drawn. Now you just have to color inside. So one of the techniques, and this is why inside TypeShare, we uh, give you a handful of templates for you to play with. One of the techniques that we share is using what's called this prep the page framework. Okay. Instead of looking at a blank page and going, I start with the first word and I end with the last word. What you want to do is you want to prep the page. You want to go, here's my working title. Here's generally the North Star. This is where I'm headed. Here are the couple little things I want to put in the intro. Just just make notes, right? I just, I want to mention this. I want to mention this. I want to mention this. And then your main points are, here are my different shipping containers, right? Okay. So main point number one, I want to talk about this idea. Main point number two, I want to talk about this idea. Main point number three, I want to talk about this idea. And if you notice, I think this is so fascinating. If you just look at these two screenshots, the one on the right practically looks like a finished piece already. And you haven't even really gotten into the writing. All you're doing is just going, I want to put this info here, this info here, this info here. And what this does is it makes the writing feel like it feels effortless. You just go, oh, in this section, I got to talk about this. In this section, I got to talk about this. And the words just flow. Whereas on the left, the blank page feels like this massively heavy thing that you have to do. right? So now this is how I write everything. Every day, everything I write, Twitter thread, atomic essay, ghost writing for someone, books, everything I write, I prep the page first.
0: This to me, the first time I saw it, the fact I haven't stared at a blank page in months, months. And to think about how much that used to hold me back, it's liberating. I always am writing from a place of either a bulleted list already laid out or headlines. And I'm just kind of filling in the pieces. And I think the most powerful part of that is friction. How many people feel friction to get started writing on something? It's, ooh, I got to open up that page. It's going to be blank. I got to get those ideas out of my head this is a framework for crushing that friction, right? It's how do I go from, there's a, I think you put it perfectly, a slog, right? It's, ah, I gotta feel, no. Prepping the page can take two minutes and then boom, you're off and running, right? However, you can set up your own system for, whether that's I take notes and I work from a bunch of notes or I have a template that, boom, I copy paste every time I sit down to write something or, my personal way of doing this is if I want to write an essay the next morning, I sit down and the last thing I do before I go to bed is I set a three minute timer and I brain dump a bullet point list of every single thing that I think I want to write about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And and I, I shut it. I don't judge myself. I don't do anything with it other than I shut the notebook and then I come back to it the next morning and boom, it's like those ideas marinated. I have a jumping off point and there's no friction. So figure out what it is for you. It eliminates friction and do it every
1: single day. There's, there's another uh, secondary benefit of prepping the page that I love, which we, we don't talk about enough, but we should, is when you take the, the two or three minutes to prep the page, it becomes very apparent to you whether or not you have things to say on this topic. Right. So instead of going and spending 30 minutes writing and then finishing the 30 minutes and going, oh, wow, turns out I didn't really have that much to say here. Take two minutes. Right. How do we that's all this is about. How do we keep compressing the time? How do you validate the idea in the shortest amount of time possible? If you take the two minutes to prep the page and you start listing out, these are the main points that I want to say. You might look at it and go, oh, wow, I thought I had a lot to say here. Turns out I don't right? So now you have two options. Again, it's just making this conscious, right? Two options are either I have to sit here for longer and try and come up with more things to say, or I need to go and do some research and find other things to say, right? But now at least you can make the choice consciously opposed to just investing all this time into a piece of writing and then going up, I just wasted an hour and I just realized I didn't actually have that much to say, right? It's a forcing function for clarity. So these are the puzzle pieces. Once you learn these, it's like literally you can write anything. You have a headline. You have your introduction. You have your main points. These are the things I want to say within this section. And then we always say the conclusion is optional, especially on the internet. The reader doesn't need to read another big paragraph of you recapping all the stuff they just read, right? The internet is all about time. It's about saving time. So don't feel like you have to go and put this big fancy bow on the end of your writing, right? You just go, here's the promise to make it in the headline. Here's the info. Here are the main points. And you got the gist. And we we like to call this just pushing the reader off the cliff. You got it, right? I don't need to recap it all for you. Okay. So once you learn these pieces, you'll realize, yes, you're practicing it in an atomic essay, but what's a book? Well, a book is just here's the headline of the section, here's my little intro, and here are the main points in that section. And then here's that copy-pasted over the course of a chapter, over the course of a book, right? What's a course? A course is here's the the headline of the section, here's the intro, here are the main points we're gonna talk about in this section, right? So once you learn these techniques, you can apply them to anything. So that's why so much of what we're focusing on in Ship 30 is not, oh, here's a quick growth hack for you to get 20,000 followers tomorrow. Right. We really want you to learn these timeless principles so that you can go on and apply them to anything.
0: That's right. And that's exactly what we're looking for. So, Cole, you want to jump to the next slide. We'll do a quick first recap. What is one puzzle piece you're going to focus on this week? Headline, intro, main points, conclusions, anything you're going to focus on. But if not, I know we threw a ton at you, so we'll save some time for questions on this one. Drop some questions in. We're kind of running up on time. We're going to do some breakout rooms. So those are optional as always to to stick around for the after party. But um, questions, I think, submit them underneath as replies to this uh, replay. And we'll make sure we get to them in next week's AMA or submit them to the AMA session. And then drop in the chat, what was your big golden nugget? So, Cole, you want to jump to the next one? One thing you're taking away from this session, we say you should jump into these with We're going to throw a ton at you. What is one thing you can walk away with and apply to your writing? Because if if we hear one thing time and time again, it's Ship 30 threw so much at me that I almost didn't know which one to focus on, but come away with one thing. So I And this helps us see what resonates with most. Talk about making noise and listening for signal. This is exactly what we're doing with this session. What are the ones we should expand on? Like the ones we find resonate the most, we're going to make little videos on. We're going to reinforce those. So you're helping us as well. Um, I wanna just take a look and take a pause here. Prep the page, templates, prep the page, do it ugly, internal versus external, right? So latch onto these, take notes. You're gonna have access to these forever. Um, Don't worry about that. Lean writing, that's a good one to see. We're gonna write a whole ebook on lean writing by the end of the year. So again, that's a framework that I think once you see once, you It changes the way you think about it. I think about it every day. It's I wake up and I'm the CEO. How am I going to go talk to my customers today? How am I going to get feedback on my writing? How am I going to make it easier for them to read my writing, right? All these things of really treating your writing like a product. Testing, testing, testing. Whole bag of gold. Love that. Internal, external signals, small bets, lean writing, atomic essay. Love it. All right, so I think we're going to do some breakout rooms. You can throw in the chat, 1 to 10, how this session go? You walking away with something, you learn something, give us some feedback, throw some love, anything we can give away afterwards, questions, answers, head over to Circle, um, throw them in the Q&A, we want to reinforce. Go to Circle, go to Circle, go to Circle. We'll get your questions answered there. Love it. Big takeaways, 10 billion. That's pretty good. 11, 100, 10, 10, 10, 10, 10, That's great.
1: One, right. last, one last thing to leave everyone with is like, once you start taking a data-driven approach to your writing, it's impossible for you to not improve and grow, right? Like there's just not a world where you write every day for 30, 60, 90, 120 days and you look at the data and you double down on what's working and you don't get better, right? It's just, It just can't happen. Right. So this is, I just, I think it's so important to have everyone really internalize that, which is it, some people might find it faster, you know, everyone's on their own journey, but you will improve as long as you just keep paying attention to what's working and iterating and giving yourself that permission.